Hey everybody, this is Adam Strum, and we're about to go cruising into a better financial future with your host, Kim Cruz. everybody, it's time to go cruising into a better financial future with your host, Kim Cruz. Thanks, Adam. Yes, I am Kim Cruz. I'm a wife, a mom, daughter, sister, friend, entrepreneur, and business owner of Cruise Credit Consulting, but not necessarily in that order. I have over 30 years experience in corporate America and a passion for helping people succeed in all areas of life. I'm joined by my friend, Adam Strum. He's the brains behind this production. He is a former corporate executive, the owner of Financial Rescuers, and co-owner of U.S. Financial Alliance, and a 20-year veteran of helping people get out of debt and improve their financial health. Together, we review our listeners' financial problems and address them with our experience, tips, tricks, and resources of network referrals to help you cruise into a better financial future. I think that's all the time we have for today. No, I'm only <laughs> Every week I tell Kim we've got to find a way to shorten that. It's, it's kind of long. This is Adam Strum here, owner of Financial Rescuers, co-owner, co-CEO of U.S. Financial Alliance, owner of my new business, On Target Strategies, helping business people stay focused so that they don't get lost in the weeds in their first year of running their new companies. Uh, looking forward to today's guest. I'm going to let Kim introduce him. We have a very, very good guest for today and a very, very good topic as well. Kim, why don't you do the honors? I am so excited to have Andre Baraka here with us. Andre is a financial planner who offers several services along with his experience to help his clients pursue their financial goals. His services include retirement planning, investments, life insurance, and much more. And I love the fact that he has helped so many clients with a tailored approach to help them um, reach their financial goals. But today, we are going to focus on a very much needed topic life insurance. So welcome, Andre. Welcome. Good afternoon to the both of you. So life insurance, otherwise known as you bet your life. <laughs> you bet your life. That's going to be putting it. Yeah, you bet your life. I appreciate it's that. Little, little joke to start things off. We do have an article of the week, though, that we'd like to discuss to start things off. And Kim chose a very interesting article with a very good topic. Kim, would you like to intro the article that you're putting out there? I will. Yeah, it's it's a pretty cool topic. It's from CNBC, and it is about um, the GameStop mania might be over, but retail investors look like they are here to stay. And I just thought it was a great article to bring up. Um, as I mentioned on the show, I have three boys, uh, my 21-year-old and my 20-year-old, they are actually dabbling in the stock market now because of all of this hype that went on. And of course, they opened up a Robinhood account and they get their snacks every day from Robinhood telling them things to look at. And I think it's been a great learning tool for them. And this is exactly what's happening. The younger, more social media savvy uh, kids are entering this new um, platform and as long as they can control it, 
and look for advice as to what is going on and how it works, it could be a great learning tool for them. So um, we, we talk about stocks all the time here in my right, house well, now, and it's quite fun. Kim, before we give it to the expert, I'm going to give my short opinion on this. Because yep. when it comes to investing, I know that Andre knows a lot more than I do. I do know enough to know, though, that the GameStop mania was literally a flash in the pan. It's not going to happen very often. It will happen again. Don't get me wrong. There's a guarantee of that unless they change the rules. But it's not going to happen very often, and it's going to be centered around a very small group of people that are going to somewhat know in advance that they're going to be pushing a stock up. So for that reason, you shouldn't look at that as the reason to be investing. It's a great way to get people into the idea of investing, which everyone should be doing even at a small rate. There should be some understanding of how the market works and how to make your money work for you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But people who expect to get rich by buying a $12 GameStop stock and having it go up to $468, that's going to be incredibly rare. In fact, you're more likely to ride a unicorn to high school than to have that happen on more than one occasion in your lifetime. And that's just my opinion, but let's find out from the expert on this if I'm anywhere in the right neighborhood. Andre, go ahead. Well, tell us what you think. Well, yeah, you, you, you kind of hit the nail on the head. I don't know what else to, to add to that, and that's really true. Um, you know, if it, I'll tell you this right now. If it hadn't been for, one, the pandemic, and if it hadn't been for this tech age that we're in right now, more than likely that never would have happened. Um, before the pandemic, before the whole tech, it was really a heavy investor game. People weren't really getting into, um, especially at uh, Kim's, uh, Kim's kids at, at their age, they, they weren't really getting into that stuff. Um, but now, fast forward, tech is moving like you know what. Every day there's a new app out. Uh, people are getting uh, government checks. Some are wondering what to do with it. Others are, oh, I need to put this in savings. People are just getting restless and tireless. So I guess one of the things that people want to learn more about is the, the, uh, you know, the money world. And that's where these uh, Robin Hood apps and uh, uh, Ameritrade, TD uh, Ameritrade and all that stuff just comes about. And right, some these, people, these it's no like a, fee, no fee, yeah, quick no trade. Fee, Basically know, what you're creating yeah. is a whole slew of day traders, but they're trading yeah. at such a minuscule level that it's not going to affect the market overall. Yeah, most exactly. of the time, you know, <laughs> same thing with like Bitcoin. Yeah, the cryptocurrencies are. Yeah, cryptocurrency. And so you get all these people jumping into this. And I agree with Adam, you know, that's not going to happen every day. <laughs> people all of a sudden come in and like, well, they're they're betting it'll go down. We're all going to get together and bet it to go back up. And it's. <laughs> that's not going to happen every day. That's not, I wouldn't say just because it all goes up is a great way to um, to learn about money. It's a it's a great idea. These Robin Hoods and the I think another one called Acorn. Um, to, yep. It's a great way to learn about money. It's not a get rich quick. It, it really I, is. I, I've had so many questions on that. Oh, how, is it okay if I get into the Robin Hood or get into the E Trade? Like to make some money? I'm like, no, no. Well. You do what you want to do, but this is a long-term deal we're talking about. This is not something right. In investing is not something week. you do to get a paycheck <laughs> on Friday. Investing yeah, is something I'm a best you do. Monday. Get a paycheck next week. No, <laughs> no, you in, you invest so that when you retire later, 
you have a well of money that's built up that you can tap into when needed. Exactly. I, I say it that way on purpose when needed, because you don't want to tap into it constantly or it disappears rapidly. Right. So you right. know, it's just it's you treat needed. it like a, a savings account or a money market account that earns instead of interest, it earns profits over time. Exactly. And I'm excited that my boys are interested in it. Oh, but yeah. there and there was definitely a level set that had to be done when they started this. Like, how much are you thinking about investing? Because you're not going to invest thousands and thousands of dollars in this. If you are, I have somebody I need you to meet. But <laughs> if you're if you're investing twenty five dollars and a hundred dollars and just dabbling in it and playing with it, I think it's great for them. To I have learn a strong opinion, it. Kim. I have right. a strong opinion, which is that if someone at the age like your kids. 18 to 25 is doing their very first investing on a, a platform like Robinhood or Ameritrade, E-Trade, or any of these that uh, Schwab has one now. They all have these, you know, basic lower level platforms with no fees for your trades that you should cap your maximum first time investment at $500. Hmm. Not more than that. And if you invest that 500 and you actually pay attention and you do things right, and I think Andre is going to nod yes when I say this, by the time you're 30, even if you start at 25, by the time you're 30, you should have 10 times what you invested if you do it smart, slow, mm -hmm. and, and wisely. 500 can become 5,000 very easily over time. But if you're looking to do what the GameStop people did and turn you know, $20 into 400 each for each share, that's not going to happen. Don't, don't look right. for the paycheck Friday, but $500 is a great solid investment to begin with. Cause if you lose, you're not crying, you're not uh, mortgaging your house, but 500 <laughs> is enough to actually build something over time with as an initial investment into the penny stock game. Cause that's what Robin right. is about. It's about right. the stocks that cost less than $5 a share on average. Right. Right. Yep. Right. Yeah. That, that definitely makes sense. You know, give yourself like a threshold after that threshold. Okay. You're cut off. Mm -hmm. I don't think even that, like I said, I'm not very well versed in that world. But I'm, I don't know if they have like a threshold, but you should give yourself some sort of threshold to the point where, you know, you don't want to be going to the bank and getting a loan just because you want to dump it off Providence. Okay. So that's probably not, not a good deal. I just personally believe, um, you know, we take a step back. You really need to take it back to the mom and dad in the household to thoroughly, teach kids about budgeting the old-fashioned way. Mm -hmm. um, Couldn't agree with you more. You know, income minus expenses, that's your discretionary income, what you do with it, be smart about it. Um, I just think that with the apps, um, you, can, you can get in the deep end too quickly. Right. You really can. And it takes an, in, an inexperienced person to think that they are experienced overnight. And they think they're like a heavy investor overnight. In reality, you're not. You just made some good moves at the right time, at the right place, at the right hour, at the right second, and then boom. God, I mean, God bless you. I mean, I'm glad that worked well, out. And let's chances be honest. of you having that again, probably right. not going to happen. Good. Let's, yeah. look, let's look at the facts, okay? In America, uh, 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 350 million people in this country there's maybe three dozen that are heavy investors that are Warren Buffett style investors, right. mm -hmm. 36 right. people. That's it. Yeah. Realize that 98% of the stock market is owned by people that make more than $500,000 a year. That's right. So mm -hmm. even if you're cornering the market as a small investor, 
and you buy up everything that the rich people don't have, you have 2% of the market share. Um, so, so therefore, you know, what, what Andre said is spot on. I mean, really spot on, which is don't think you're some heavy investor just because you did really well for a week or even a month or even a year. Warren Buffett's been using the stock market to maintain his wealth for over 40 years. And he does it because his wealth is an eight-digit number. <laughs> okay. Well, the good way of saying it is like this. So, like, let me ask you a question. If Would you sleep better at night if you lost a few hundred thousand dollars? Could you sleep okay at night? Because depending on how you answer that question, you probably shouldn't be messing around <laughs> in, in it too much, okay? Well, there you go. <laughs> Is yep. your, are, I mean, are you on the, are, what's the, are you on Shark Tank? Are you one of those people? Are you Warren Buffett? Okay, so if they lose a few hundred thousand dollars, that's a, that's five bucks to them. Man. Right. That's like you experiment. five out of your pocket on the street and yeah, saying, oh, well, experiment. I have five, but I just wanted to check it out. <laughs> playing exactly. the shell game because technically the stock market is one big shell game. But, yeah. you know, that's, that's another episode all entirely with our investment specialist yeah. that we have coming on. So um, I just think that it's more, you know, like and kind of going right back to what you said, Adam, which I agree. It's great to get the idea for Kim's because it's great to get the idea on kind of like how it works. I haven't dabbled in it. I'm pretty sure there's, it's a great idea to get started in terms of how it works, but but it's not great um, for, you know, getting like loaded overnight. So I, like I said, I just believe uh, taking a step back, I think mom and dad have to make a decision. It all comes down to a decision. If you want financial security, it starts with a decision. You know, mm -hmm. want is a prerequisite to a decision. So if you want that bad enough, okay, make a decision to do it. And you get the kids involved or get anybody else involved, sit down and show them old school. I just believe in that. Hey, let me show you about how you, you know, uh, you manage your money. You know, income, minus expenses, blah, blah, blah. You do work around the house. You earn it. I'm going to give you some money, the old school chores and all that stuff. You want something bad enough? Okay, make a little side business and cut people's grass or it's snowing outside. Okay, you want that Xbox bad enough? Okay, you know what to do. You got a brain, two hands and feet. Sure. You live Get in a, a snow state? Here's a shovel. Yeah. Go earn some Get money. Get a snowblower and shovel people's driveway for whatever X amount of dollars. Sure. Give them the old fashioned way, in my opinion, to earn money. Mm -hmm. I love that. Right. Now, I I'm knew a, this was a great article. To oh, have yeah. And Andre. I'm an old believer, by the way. And I know Andre is going to appreciate this because I know his worldview when it comes to finance. Um, I'm a strong believer that it doesn't have to be a, quote, job, but you do have to find a way to earn a living. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to necessarily bow down to a boss somewhere to do that, but you've got to have initiative in order to make it work. So, you know, being your own business, that's a wonderful idea, but you got to, we went through this with um, Angel Cerna when he was on, mm -hmm. um, you've yep. got to put out your plan. If you're not going to be working for someone, if you're going to work for yourself without a plan, you will soon be working for someone. That's a mm -hmm. guarantee. Yep. Um, yep. That's what you have for to work someone for. Or you're working for yourself, one of the two. Exactly. Yep. But somewhere, mm -hmm. your money's got to come from somewhere. Right. Now, but last but not least. I want to put one more thing out there for the person who's going to be investing in the Robinhood platform. If you really want to make this work for you, and I've spoken to my nephew recently, he goes to Northwestern University. Um, he jumped into the Robinhood platform and I told him, look, before you put your money into Robinhood, I want you to put just 500, no more than that, because he has some money he can put in. And I said, I want you to set a goal of getting to $2,500. And when you do, I want you to take that 2000 out of Robinhood and put it into an IRA. 
You're avoiding a lot of the taxation from Robinhood that will occur with the money you've made, number one. And number two, you're not going to squander the profits you've made. They're going to be there later. He's 20 now. He's going to need it 45 years from now when rent is like $18,000 a month in New York. Um, you know, at the current rate, actually, I believe by the time he sit, it'll be something like 23000 a month in San Francisco just to rent a one-bedroom apartment. Um, you know, this is the pitfalls of capitalism. What can you do? <laughs> Prices keep rising. Wages stay stagnant. So, you know, everyone will be working for jobs at some yeah. point. Um, that being said, my favorite phrase in the whole world, uh, I've actually had people type in, stop saying that. No, I love that being said, and I will keep using it forever. Uh, last word on this is the retail part of it. Yes, re retail stocks are here to stay. Little secret, retail is here to stay. Many of you have heard me in several episodes tell you we're never going to get to a point where there is no face-to-face -face transactional business. There will always be many, many people, more than half the people in this country prefer face-to-face -face business to online mm -hmm. transactional business. Human interaction is part of the social fabric of a human being. You cannot eliminate it without causing major mental problems and issues, not to mention tons of legal issues that occur if everything is done online, because that makes everything interstate commerce and a applicable to all kinds of federal laws that normally wouldn't apply. I'm not going into detail, but that's the answer to the second part of that article is retail stocks are here to stay. Just pick wisely which retail establishments you, you choose in your portfolio. Yep. Ooh, that was a lot. <laughs> Good topic. Good topic. Yeah, so go today. Oh, we could do the whole episode just on that. Yeah. No yeah. doubt about it. Yeah. But, yeah. but but what we want to do is we want to pick your brain on the thing you know best, which is insurance. And uh, Kim and I slaved away. We spent 11 hours going through the mailbag to find <laughs> the best insurance questions to ask someone. Um, if it's okay with you, uh, can I explain what network you're with? Yeah. Okay. So Andre's part of the World Financial Group, which is one of the biggest uh, MLMs for finance in the country. And his specialty is life insurance and insurance products. And that's why we chose insurance questions for this episode. I do recommend companies like World Financial Group and some of their competitors who I won't name because they're not on this program. But uh, at this point, I will say this much, World Financial Group, if you were to look them up, has a solid reputation and a solid history, a great CEO. The man is, is a I've actually spoken to Mr. Dempsey. Uh, he's a great man. He, he knows he has a vision for World Financial Group to keep growing it forever. I mean, literally, it just it doesn't grow in leaps and bounds. It grows by solid advice to its customers and to its representatives. And its representatives are members of the family. It's it's. Um, what do they call that? Employee owned and operated, I guess you'd say, although you're not an employee, you're a contractor. Um, so, you know, every single contractor, every single individual person who, who offers World Financial Group products gets a say in the company's direction. And I love that about this company because it allows it to cater to its people that are selling the product rather than cater just to the board of directors, like mm -hmm. a lot of corporations do. So I hope I've given a clear view on the background Andre comes from, because he comes from a background of his customer is more important 
than his boss. And that makes the, all the difference in the world when you're looking into financial products. And that's why we couldn't wait to have him on with us. So Andre, you ready for some questions from the discerning public? Go ahead, man. <laughs> all right, I'll let Kim do the first one. All right, our first question comes from Kelly in Illinois. And Kelly wants to know, how important is life insurance? So how do you answer that, Andre? When somebody is life says, insurance? Mm-hmm. Life insurance is relatively very important. Um, life, I'll tell you this, kind of answer Life insurance, Kelly, has evolved because uh, it used to be old school, you know, something happens to you, you get money, that's it. So you had to die to get money. It's like car insurance. <laughs> Something's got to happen to the car, nowhere to get anything, you know, out of insurance to fix the car. Same concept with uh, life insurance back in the day. Something happens to the person, um, you get a, that's could call it death insurance. Now, life insurance is now as an asset class. It goes a little bit more deeper than that. Um, life insurance could be more for cash accumulation for a supplement of a retirement income. So there's a lot of people who are using life insurance as a tax shelter to, to coincide with their 401k or their IRA. Okay, that's number one. Number two, a lot of people are losing or using life insurance as an asset class for like something like long-term care. You can now have a life insurance policy and have like something called a long-term care rider attached to it. So God forbid if something happens, um, if, if something happens to you personally from a death standpoint, money's gonna pay out. If something happens to you from a chronic uh, standpoint like dementia, you know, eating, bathing, toileting, something like that, you need to go to assisted living facility, guess what? That'll pay out of your insurance policy as well. So that's, it has evolved into more of an asset class. Another way why you really want life insurance is, you know, something called an islet. Now, this is probably a little bit more uh, advanced. Islet means in life insurance investment trust, okay? So you can put a life insurance in a trust to help bypass probate. Okay. And some people are using life insurance for their business. Okay. So God forbid if something should happen to them, they get sued. It's uh, creditor protected. Um, so they're not going to touch the life insurance. It's kind of one of the reasons why I'm not going to name a name. Somebody back in the day or still living now has a lot of life insurance and they're still living a good life because a lot of their money's tied in life insurance. I'm not going to say their name because we're reporting. <laughs> uh, totally understand that um, yeah. I have a quick comment about that islet thing too it's mm -hmm. uh, amazing how that evolved and uh, the uses for it now because a lot of people don't understand that we still have about a dozen community property states in America mm -hmm. yeah. and you used to buy life insurance to protect your wife kids or husband and kids or kids just kids um, and the idea was if something happened to you at least they'd have many years before they'd have to pick up their own ball and run with it. It would give them time to make the transition to a life where the breadwinner is not there, but that's no longer the case. And in some cases, one spouse could be carrying a very heavy debt load of different types of debt. And if they should pass, and even though they have insurance, like you said, that insurance could end up being leaned against before it's paid out. And you may never even see it because of the amount of creditors leaning against it. The new rules that you were just talking about are a way to prevent that from happening and make sure that the person that your insurance is meant to protect actually gets what they're supposed to get. 
And so, yeah, the game has changed and I highly recommend seeing an insurance professional like Andre before making a move because you also have to understand life insurance is not one subject, it's two because you have whole and term and they're very different animals. Right, yep. Yep. right. They, they still, they're still the same thing, but they, they're a little, little different. Have they a protect, way to right, they protect the same thing, but they don't work the right. same way. One is a right. window and one is a, a basic savings account plus company addition. Um, based on how long you live. Uh, And one can be borrowed against and one can't, but both can be sold, which is amazing to me, that you can sell term life these days if you have a term life policy, depending on its, depending on the fine print. (laughs) We'll leave it at that. Fine print, all that stuff. But but to answer a question, yeah. And when somebody is looking for insurance, they need to make sure that they are being asked questions as to what it is for. Because like you said from the very beginning, there are so many different types of life insurance and they're used for different reasons. I know when my husband and I got our life insurance right after we got married, we took um, policy out on each of us. And the whole idea of that was to be able to pay off the mortgage if something were to happen to either one of us in, in the time of um, an unexpected death. That was, and that was 25 years ago. Um, so we were still at an age where either one of us can continue to work, but the home was secured and we didn't have to worry about the home if something should happen. Fast forward 25 years later, and there's different different needs. And also at that time, our kids were younger. We wanted to make sure our children were taken care of at least to a point where at uh, adulthood they can move on, and, but they were taken care of before then. So Make sure that you are being asked the proper questions before you go out and just purchase a life insurance policy over the phone or online and things like that. Yeah. So the answer to the question, yes, you definitely need life insurance for some of the obvious reasons. So, and mortgage protection, it's, it can be used to pay off, pay off a mortgage. So mm-hmm. quite a bit, quite a bit, Kelly. This comes <laughs> down to what are you looking for? What is it going to be used for? Now, Kelly's in Illinois, so I highly recommend she give Andre a call. His info is going to be in the description of this video when we're finished. Um, reach out to him. He's local. He'll be able to help you. He'll know what's best in your area as well. Um, so that's kind of important to know that. Before we get to the next question, there's one more thing, and that is, yeah, 350 million people in America. I keep saying that. There's a reason, because you got to remember, it's a large group of people. And I'd say that there's at least 2 million people out there who should never buy life insurance. I'll give you an example. A 28-year-old single guy whose parents have passed away, has no significant other at this time, doesn't ever plan to get married, really doesn't have a reason other than maybe a tax shelter, but there are better ones out there in that situation than an insurance policy. Life insurance may not be important to that particular person. That doesn't mean that other types of insurance aren't. Yeah, yeah. Somebody like that, it's it's kind of hard sense. to give them. It's kind of hard to, you know, it could be for anybody, but it's but when someone, like you said, in that case, someone's single, no family, no, no, none of that stuff. It's kind of right. hard to give that person the idea. They're like because they see the big bold number, bold wording, life insurance. I don't need like I know what it can do, but I don't need it. You know, right. I, I mean, be as an investment, now, maybe if you're going to do whole life, but term life, definitely yeah. not for someone right. like that. Yeah. Um, but the point is, yeah, okay, it's not for every single person, but I'll tell you right now, if you have family members, even if you're not married, but if your mom and dad are still alive, you have brothers, sisters, nieces, nephews, it's worth looking into because it's, it's, 
this is going to be sound a little um, weird, but in all honesty, I have, I have life insurance and I have a wife. I don't have children. Um, I want to make sure my wife is taken care of. But like I said, I have a nephew who's at Northwestern, who's running a 4.0 GPA at Northwestern, who's won huge awards throughout high school and took about 16 college credits before he even graduated high school. The kid is brilliant. And if something happens to me, I want a chunk of my life insurance to go to help foster whatever he's going to do because he's going to do something great. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's hyper intelligent. So, you know, that's another thing is a legacy. Life insurance can be used for a legacy. If you're someone who cares about your neighborhood, you can leave it to a neighborhood foundation. Right. You know, you get to designate where the money when your life is over goes. Let's say you're a volunteer at a local homeless shelter. You don't really have the money to give them. So you volunteer your time. You take out this small life insurance policy. It doesn't have to be big. Some of them are as low as $50 a month which is mm -hmm. what a dollar and change a day. That's, mm -hmm. that's less than, you know, that's one Starbucks coffee a week um, at a dollar and change a day. A Starbucks coffee is like eight bucks now. So, you know, for that amount, you could be leaving $25,000, $50,000 to that charity to take the place of you not being there to serve the food to the homeless. So there are lots of different reasons that a single person like I named earlier might actually want life insurance. And, you know, there's no more beautiful gift when you're a single non-family individual that you could leave and have yourself remembered. Right, right. Then having a policy and leaving that policy to a group that you fully support and have supported throughout your life. So, you know, I'm a salesman at heart, Andre, you can tell. <laughs> uh, I'll yeah, find yeah. the reason if there is one. And in this yeah. case, there's always a reason. Uh, I'm gonna throw out question two because this was a lead into that question. Okay. Question two is, what is the best age to get a life insurance policy? Best age to get a life insurance policy, the earlier, the better. Why? Well, very simply, it's a lower premium. <laughs> Simple as that. Do you want to pay it very low at a low age, or you want to pay it higher at a higher age? It's just common sense. Um, the, earlier, the, the earlier, the better. Okay? The earlier, the better. I mean... Normally, people start probably start their families in their 30s, and depending on where they are with their life insurance, um, if they have any, that's probably the best time to kind of really, uh, really get serious about it and get it going because you don't want to delay. You delay, you get higher in age, or most importantly, something happens to you health-wise, um, you could be looking at a pretty significant uh, high premium. Now, I, I have to apologize because I forgot to tell you that that was from Lauren in Wisconsin. Um, that's my mistake. I just read the question. But uh, Lauren, thank you for that question. The answer is between zero and 200. <laughs> yeah, zero to 200. <laughs> now, yeah, here's the fun zero. part. We've all seen the commercials. And, we, and for those who asked the question like Lauren asked, um, Gerber Life caters mm -hmm. to life insurance for your baby. Mm -hmm. For your baby. Um, they want your, your zero to three-year-old to get enrolled now. Why? The premiums are so incredibly low and the payouts are somewhat big as long as there's no major health issue with your child. Uh, people have to understand that there's a field called actuaries. Actuaries are who decide how much you pay for your insurance, when and why. What they do is statistics. 
They look at the fact that a 40-year-old male is more likely to die than a 20-year-old male. And for that reason, the 40-year-old pays more for life insurance because the company is betting that you're going to live and you're betting that you're going to die at some point. And the company knows that they're going to lose this bet. It's a matter of when because nobody lives forever. Now, I hate to put it in those terms because it sounds so cold, but that's the truth. The whole point of life insurance is I know I'm going to die at some point. Probably not today, probably not tomorrow, 100% not yesterday. Okay, so hindsight's twenty twenty. I, I like to add stuff like that in just to give you perspective. But probably not tomorrow and probably not even this week. But I have life insurance just in case. And right. I have an accidental death um, rider attached because, mm-hmm. you know, that would be the unexpected thing. Today I'm in perfect health. I'm walking down the street. A bus swerves, hits me. My wife should get more money for that because, L A, she's going to be mentally wrecked by that because we expected to go to this wedding on Saturday. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a much bigger hit to a, a household's finance when an accidental death occurs as to a natural death. Right. Mm-hmm. All right, Kim, go ahead. I'll give you some time here. I've been talking a lot. I've been talking. No, you're absolutely right. And um, there are so many... Um, different things to think about because when we got our insurance policy, we put the writers on for the kids as well when they were, they were younger. So um, Andre's right. The sooner, the better, the premiums are lower and uh, it's something to consider. And again, this is why we do what we do because people don't know um, the ins and outs of life insurance. So hopefully we are educating them with some valuable information. So I, with that, I'm going to jump into the next question, and we briefly mentioned this, but let's go into a little bit more detail. Brandon in Texas, poor guy, he's probably in a snowstorm right now, uh, like most of the For the first time in his lifetime. (laughs) I was going to say first time. (laughs) Snow in Texas, what? It's seven degrees? Yep, exactly. And they're having rolling blackouts. It's crazy. Um, But he had asked, what are the different types of life insurance? So we briefly touched on that, but let's explain those in further detail, what the different types are. Different types. I'm going to keep it simple and I'm going to keep it in two lanes. Uh, Term and permanent. Okay, so here's how I like to explain it. Term insurance is like renting an apartment. Okay. At the end of your lease, you have nothing to show for your rent and nowhere to live unless you renew that lease at the new amount, okay? Term insurance is the same concept, okay? Exact same concept. You have a 10, 10, 20, 30-year level term. At the end of that term, those rates typically increase. Now, you can choose to pay those new rates, or like uh, most people, they tend to drop it because um, it's astronomical, they can't afford it, and they kind of start all over somewhere else, okay? So term insurance is like renting an apartment. Think of it like renting. Um, now, permanent insurance, another you know, whole life what a lot of people know, permanent insurance is like a mortgage, is like owning a home. Think of it like owning a home. Um, it's a little bit higher in cost right from the get-go, but it's going to last you for the rest of your life, like say a mortgage, and like a mortgage, you have that equity that you can pull out in, uh, in some time. So permanent insurance is the exact same concept in that way. It's going to last you for the rest of your life, and it has a cash value component that you can actually pull out and you could actually use. Now, it takes money away from the death benefit when you do that, 
But uh, again, you have that uh, component you can use. Now, a lot of people like using permanent insurance because um, for the tax, tax privileges, tax advantages. If you play your cards right, and if it's well-structured, you could have a tax-free portion of your money over here and you can have a taxable income uh, over here. So let's say you had like a, a 401k and then you pair that up with a permanent life insurance policy with cash value. Um, you have a, a tax advantage pool and you have a uh, taxable pool over here, tax deferred pool over here. Okay. And what are the, are there different requirements in getting a term and a whole life? The requirements are pretty much the same. You have to do a physical, okay? No such thing as a free lunch, okay? So they're not gonna just be giving away six figures of life insurance and seven figures, just about anybody. That's not happening, okay? So you do have to uh, uh, go through a physical. Um, most of the time they're going to ask for some sort of blood, urine, uh, uh, blood pressure, uh, blood pressure, you know, to take your blood pressure, they'll probably have you be on a scale, stuff like that. They'll come to your home and they'll do all that testing for you. Um, that's free to the client. The insurance company pretty much pays for those physicals. And it takes roughly about, on average, about about four to five weeks for it to come back to an approval, depending on what the insurance company wants to put the classification in. Okay, great info. Yeah. Adam, do you want to add to that? Uh, sure. I'll put my finger into this a little bit. <laughs> so, you know, Andre knows this because he does this every day. Um, whole life, really the better choice of the two, no doubt about it. Term life better only in certain situations or circumstances. Um, there are, there are slightly less requirements in, in some term life policies, um, in fact, depending on your age and your current general health, which will be certified even without the exams in a term life policy, you might get away without the whole physical, depending on the level of insurance you're buying. Um, I, I, you know, I tend to educate myself before I invite a guest on. So this way I, I, I can stand with you and, and understand where you're coming from. And so, you know, Andre has this down pat and I, I don't, I don't have a license to sell insurance. So People who ask me about it, I'm going to be referring them to you, no doubt about it. I know that World Financial Group allows you to either operate or refer within the network uh, in all 50 states. So you're available to everyone who can see our video pretty much. Mm -hmm. And I'll be referring them to you because everything you've said so far has just been spot on and you're keeping it simple. And there's nothing I like better than keeping it simple because people get lost in the weeds of insurance often. You know, they're trying to figure this out. And you've even pointed out that if you structure it properly, there's very little taxation on it because you can point where money goes so that money goes from, like you said, tax exempt status and the deposit in, it can be put in pre-tax into a deferred tax account, which then may not be taxed depending on how much income you have at the rate when you take that tax deferred money out. So there are ways to avoid you know, the 30% tax that could be applied to this money down the road. And it's having a professional like yourself help structure how you want to do this to make sure you don't end up losing one third of your money uh, to taxes, which is unnecessary. So yeah, that's all I have to say. I'm not going to get deep into this one because <laughs> the next question is totally going to take us on a road into a new, a new area of this whole thing. 
And Andre, you, you've seen, you know, I know we emailed you right before the show, the questions, but you've probably seen them. So you know where I'm going with this. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so the next question, which comes from Peter, Peter is located in, of all places, Wyoming. And Peter wants to know, what are people doing with finances during this pandemic? Oh, wow. What are, what are people doing? Well, I can, I can answer that, Peter, in terms of what I personally have been seeing what families are doing this pandemic. Well, let me just tell you this, Peter. Uh, families are, are getting serious now about their they're starting to seriously um, you know, sit down and say, okay, we need to do something. Um, and the number one thing I've seen some families do, personally me, um, they've been actually been redoing their budget because nine times out of 10, uh, you know, it all starts with a budget. What's coming in, what's going out, what are our debts, what can we cut out that we can actually take this money, put towards savings, take this money, maybe say put it towards one of our, uh, one of our debt balances so we can pay it off and we can take some of that money and put it towards, uh, uh, towards our savings, okay? Because the way it is, it's, it's like this, okay? The government is giving people $600 checks. They get, well, the last one was a $600 check per day, okay? And then the other side of the fence, you have a corpor corporations that they don't know what they're gonna do in terms of hiring anybody back, okay? Mm -hmm. So you've got two, both ends of the fence here that are not that great. And last I remember, a $600 check can barely, uh, you know, cover a week. Exactly. Okay, that's, so let's get real here. So what a lot of people are doing, they're really getting serious about their finances and they're doing a budget. They're doing a handwritten budget or maybe going through their Excel spreadsheet, depending on how fancy they have it. And they're sitting down and literally looking at, okay, what can we live out, live without for, for a little while? Where can we take this money and put it in our savings? That's really what people are doing. Um, I mean, we're talking, and I'm talking like your, your middle class, you know, husband and wife, they're making about 40 to 60 a piece, you know, in the household. They have a mortgage, they have car loans, they got school loans, they got credit card debt. Okay, they're not, you know, they're not messing around. I'm not saying it's bad. They're not messing around a lot of their time on Robin Hood. Okay. <laughs> you know, not, I love you know, that tie-in. That was wonderful. They're not messing around Robin Hood. They're not going to uh, a merit trade or to some Schwab account. You know, I'm not saying those things are bad. They're good, but they're really hunkering down. At least the ones I'm talking to, they're like, okay, Andre, can you help us out with our budget? We want some things here that we need to get rid of because we need to bring in more money so we can help pay off this or have more money going to a savings account because this pandemic thing is going to be a little longer than the that we've thought of. And you're exactly right. I think this pandemic has made people step back and say, what do I do? I don't know where to go. Our savings, people are going into their savings that some of them don't have to be realistic, but they know they need one. And we had an excellent um, episode about budgeting. And even if you are saving one dollar, yes. So um, you're, you are helping people in so many ways, Andre, and you are an excellent resource for somebody that comes to you. And I'll never forget, 
the beginning of this pandemic, nurses were going out and looking for life insurance, wills and trusts. They needed financial planners because they knew that they were at the forefront of this pandemic and they needed to make sure that their financial house was in order. Every single episode that we have, we talk about somebody's financial house being in order. And this is just part of their financial house that they need to make sure is being protected and to go to you and say, what do I do? We're in the middle of this pandemic. Help me, guide me. So yeah. I can totally see. You know, the, the, the saying is, you know, all the numbers might change now. You know, 78% of the country's check to check. That was mm-hmm. before the pandemic. Now it's even worse now. In the richest country on the planet, 78 this is the that number I'm more passionate about that number than any other figure 78 percent of people in the wealthiest country on this planet which people by the way just they put their souls on auction just to come here are check to check it's insane how is that possible like of I'll all the you. resources and all yep. the all the stuff we have available, like check the check. And I can answer your of, question. You go ahead and answer it because that's <laughs> something I'm just really I'm really passionate about the number. I'm like, wait a minute, is that even? Wait a minute, is that even? Possible? It's real. It's real. It's I actually I, yes. three episodes ago I brought that exact number up. Um, and uh, Kim, you remember I was ranting about it the same way Andre just did. Just, that seventy-eight percent like, of people what? have no money to put in savings every week right. because the hundred percent of their paychecks already spoken for. In the richest mm-hmm. country on earth, we have more percentage poor than some mm-hmm. third-world countries. Mm-hmm. We have entire zip codes in the states of Mississippi and Alabama and Louisiana that don't have running water that still use outhouses as bathrooms in the richest country on the planet. See, we made a mistake. We have politicians who Andre just aptly pointed out, believe that $600 is going to save a family of four for six months of their bills and expenses. When if it lasts a week, it's a miracle. Right. It's barely enough for a car payment. If you have a decent car, it definitely is not enough for rent in any of the 50 states for a two-bedroom apartment. Uh-uh. So, you know, we have politicians who think that $600 is a large sum of money. We have the wrong politicians. <laughs> we have the wrong people just... representing us if they believe that $600. Let's look at everything. Let's pretend the 1400 that they're working on now goes through. Okay? And the 600 and the 1200 we got initially. So 14 plus 12, 26 plus 6, $3,200. The government has given every qualified American $3,200 for a year to survive while telling them don't go outside and don't conduct business. Please explain to me how in any universe, any universe, including backwards universe, that anyone's going to survive on that. $3,200 for a whole year. Yeah, that's what they've given us. Are you living rent-free, mortgage-free, car loan-free, credit card-free? Food-free, free, wait, food-free, food medical bill-free. Food free. Yep. Um, you I know, mean, clothes, all the expenses. Dental-free. Expenses-free. I mean, maybe it looks like that. 
How about soap free and you know? Soap free. I mean, literally tooth, everything's toothpaste free. Toothpaste free and you yeah, exactly. You just show so, up. <laughs> you know, the same people who complain about quote unquote socialism are the ones who are espousing the most socialist things about socialism. And so that is what I find really, really funny when people think this is a left-right issue, because it's not. This is a human issue. It has nothing to do with your politics. It has to do with your fellow man. So even if you're religious or atheist, doesn't matter whether you're left or right, whether you're a Trumpist or a Bidenist, doesn't matter. Um, none of that matters. If all of your neighbors get sick, guess what? There's a very good chance you will, too. Mm-hmm. And it really does not matter what your religion is or what your politics are because viruses don't have religions or politics. Right. They don't discriminate. <laughs> um, nope. You know, there was a special on John Oliver about the next pandemic. He's already moved on from this one because the next one will only be worse. Each one will always be worse than the one before it. It has to be because of evolution, because that's how it works. Each virus that comes out new is new because it's gotten stronger than the one we've already treated. Now, I'm doing a special, Andre, and you might want to participate based on your current view. Uh, in about a month and a half, we're going to have 50 faces on this screen. 50 faces, and all of us are going to give our opinions on universal basic income, which I think is the solution to fix the broken system of capitalism America is currently using because it is a broken system. I strongly believe in capitalism, but not the way we're abusing it right now. I believe in free and open markets, and that's not what we have. What we have are markets controlled by a very few people at the top. And Bernie Sanders had it right, and I love Bernie. Uh, I think he's a great guy. Um, but, but the fact is, is that the control is concentrated. And in capitalism, it's not supposed to be that way. It's supposed to be a lot more spread out. Control should be spread out amongst as many competitors as possible in order to keep the markets stable. And that's why we have such instability in our markets here in America, where they don't have that in the semi-socialist countries of Finland, Norway, Sweden, Switzerland, Spain, France, England, and most European countries. They have a better balance than we do. And because we're out of balance, because we let the richest in America control everything, we have a perverted sense of capitalism. And if we could get back to true capitalism, it would be great. Just imagine if all the, the poorest people you see, the ones who are asking for a dollar on the corner, who you then see go into Dunkin' Donuts and legitimately buy a cup of coffee and a donut, which is their only meal for the day. I'm talking the, you know, the real people who don't have anything, not the ones who take that money and go buy meth, but you know, the ones who actually take that money and go buy a meal with it. If those people had $2,500 a month, the real people, all of a sudden they can be patrons of CVS, Walgreens, Walmart. They can buy things. They can rent an apartment, which in turn gives money to the landlord or the business, which in turn employs more people, which in turn strengthens capitalism and competition. It's a no brainer, but people get caught up right in the first step, which is you're going to give money to someone who doesn't have any and they don't have to do anything for it. To them, that goes against everything they've ever learned. <laughs> or just make giving money to people that just really they don't need it. Say so I oh, got yeah. this twelve hundred dollar check here. You don't need it. You got people they're doing like like massive home renovations and you know maybe getting a brand new vehicle. Someone like that probably doesn't need a check. Why not give that check to maybe somebody who needs it? And so they got their check on top of somebody else's check, 
So rising tide raises all ships. Correct. And mm-hmm. in reverse, though, just to give you an example, a friend of mine, we'll just call him JW. Uh, he said, I don't need another stimulus check. I said, well, great. You don't need it. That means that that is found money. And you're going to go and you're going to spend that money on God knows what, but you're going to spend that money. And that's what it's all about. The economy is based on spent money. So if he just spends that whole 1400, that results in another cashier at your supermarket that results in more sales of X products. Even if that product, God forbid is beer because he loves beer. um, It means another bartender shift or two or three. So, you know, even for those people who say you, you say don't need it, they're doing home renovations. Well, guess what? Somebody's putting up those drywalls and they're getting paid yeah. for it. So it actually, like you said, a rising tide raises all ships. So mm-hmm. even those that don't need it, getting that extra 2500 just means they're going to either invest more or spend more. But whichever way they do it, they're creating more opportunity for another person who doesn't have one right now. Well, so it works no matter what. That's the reason it's called a stimulus. It stimulates the economy, not stimulates your pocket or your savings. It stimulates the economy. And the thought is, is that you are going to use that in the economy for exactly what you just said, Adam. Yep. As a whole. Well, Kim, guess what? It's your turn. All right. Here is the final question. It is... Well, this is good. This is happening to a lot of people right now in Valerie in Arizona. How am I going to be impacted if I need to use money in my 401k? So she's not contributing to her 401k, but she needs to use that money because she needs to live off of that money. So what are you telling clients that are in that situation right now, Andre? Well, so basically what you're doing, I'll say this, is that you're robbing your future to take care of a short-term situation basically what you're doing and for most people kind of going back to what Anna and I were talking about 70 percent of people are check to check a lot of people don't have a lot of great habits mm-hmm. um few do but most don't so really what you're doing is you're robbing your future to take care of a short-term situation, okay? And I think the government did give people the, the options to, you know, get into their 401ks and you could take a loan out against it for a situation, but you do have to pay it back. And if you don't pay that back, um, there are some uh, penalties and fines on that, okay? So there are other ways uh, there are definitely other ways that you can definitely, um, you know, get money, but you will be definitely impacted. To keep it, uh, keep an answer to the, the question, you will be impacted if you do tap into your 401k uh, for something that's more long term. Okay, but if it's an absolute like you don't know my situation, it's dire straits. I mean, I don't know what it is. Uh, then maybe maybe it's okay, but you got to give yourself a deadline to put that money back, and you got to be serious about it because again. It's money for your financial future for a long, for long term because you don't want to be 80, 90 years old and you don't want your kids taking care of you or you don't want to be in some, you know, third class, fourth class type facility, you know, uh, you know, taking care of you. Okay, so you want to have money there down the road long term that you can live off of. You can do the things you want to do when you want to do it. But when you're robbing your future to take care of a, a situation now, 
you're you're kind of you're kind of you know erasing the future. So mm-hmm. what ends up happening is that you're check to check every single day of your life for like you know 40, 50 years. You know, and one of the things that people are scared of, more people are scared of out of outliving their money than they are of dying. <laughs> that alone. So when you rob from your future to take care of a current situation, you know, it makes your, de- it makes your long-term outlook seem kind of bleak, you know, because mm-hmm. there's nothing, there's nothing there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there are people doing that because of the situation, but I, I, I'm, I'm at the, the side, you know, if there was a will, when there's a will, there's always a way. When there's a will, there's a way. Um, that means you probably have to work a little bit. That probably means you got to think differently. But there is always, there's always a way other than tapping into your long-term savings in life. Exactly. And for Valerie and any other um, people in our audience that are finding themselves in that situation, my biggest advice to them would be: before you do that, talk to Andre because there, are, like you said, there are other options available. And People just don't know that there are other options available. Right. And when they talk to you, there are so many different solutions that they could tap into that doesn't yeah. necessarily mean that they're. There are, you know, I mean, 401k is not, I think the reason why 401k is because it's the larger amount of money. you work so hard depending on how much is in there, but, you know, use, um, use some of the resources around you. Um, I do think, uh, I think, maybe credit cards or maybe they have like a program for people in terms of, you know, the credit card, depending on, you know, your um, consistency in your payment. Uh, there could probably be a reduction and maybe say an interest rate, kind of just save some bucks. I know a big one for a lot of people right now because of the, uh, the interest rates on homes, you know, mortgage loans, mm-hmm. uh, refinancing. That's kind of like a big one right now. Yeah, refinancing is huge at the moment because yeah, the rates on cars and massive. homes have just dropped massively. Cars, homes, credit cards. Uh, so get with your lenders on those areas and, and see if there are ways where you can actually save some money. Okay, that would, Or even gain some money. Opinion, I don't want to cut you some, off, but even gain yeah. some money because in a refi, yeah. there's a chance for you to take a nice five-digit check home with you in the refi awesome. process. Uh, I've exactly. Seen actually, about half the cases... Uh, in, as part of your refi, it can be structured so that you're able to take some money out of that and you're not mortgaging your future that way. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're done, I'm going to go back and let you finish your thought. Uh, I used to be a 401k coordinator. So this is going to be a fun answer when it's my turn. <laughs> okay. What I was going to say, um, you know, even with school loans, uh, school loans now are pretty much um, not making payment on those, but you can do income-based uh, repayment plans to the point where you not paying anything. So, so what, what's your name again on Arizona? Valerie. So Valerie, I mean, there are options, um, but I totally agree with what Kim was saying. Get with somebody who's a, a finance professional, let them know your situation and they can help you figure out those options for you um, outside of tapping into your long-term savings. Because Valerie, I'm telling you, I mean, you're, you really are robbing your future to take care of something now. And you don't want to get, you know, 10, 15 years down the road, look back on that event and be like, man, I wish I didn't do that. It felt good at the time, but then you look back at it, man, I wish I never did it. And that's the, that's the one feeling you do not want to have. 
because no, by that re- time you regrets probably can't a very unhappy thing. Yeah, regret mm-hmm. is never a good good feeling. Yeah, not a good thing at all. So, all right. So, so here we go. Everybody strap in because we're about to go on a roller coaster ride. <laughs> I am a former 401k coordinator as part of my union job back in the day. This was 20 years ago, but 401ks haven't changed very much in those 20 years. They're very uh, structured things. So, to answer Valerie straight up, never, ever is there a reason that I have ever seen. No matter what it is, no matter how dire it sounds, where you should withdraw money from your 401k. Rarely, but occasionally, I have seen instances where borrowing some money from your 401k might be a good example or a good idea. I repeat, rarely, but occasionally. There are certain circumstances where you might want to borrow it. But before you borrow a dollar out of your 401k, Sit down with Kim, Andre, me, some financial professional who's going to help you map out a way to mitigate the losses you suffer by doing that loan against your 401k because you will lose not what you think. Say say you have 50000 in your 401k and you need 10000 now or you're going to be homeless and your kids will not eat for six months. Okay, we'll give it a really extreme situation. It's a must that you get that 10K. You've tried everywhere else. Every bank and every family member has told you no and slammed the door in your face. Your only option is to borrow it from your 401K. You're going to be forced to pay it back to your 401K with approximately 4% interest. Mm -hmm. Here's the big problem. Most 401Ks earn about 9% per annum interest. So you're losing half of what you would have earned on that 10,000 for the amount of time it takes you to pay it back. And much like the payday loan industry that we spoke about last week and others, paying it back is a slow process, not a fast one. And they won't let you pay it back fast. They give you a three to five year repayment plan to pay back your 401k for a reason. It limits how fast you can get back to the level you were at making the interest you were making. You'd be surprised in America how 80 to 90% of our laws are designed to keep poor people poor. And now I know that is a very broad statement, but I will defend that to the death with any economist who wants to come on my show and debate me. Um, the, the, the structure of how business gets done and how banking gets done in America was written by the banks. Do you think they sat down and said, we're the banks and we need to make a profit. So let's figure out how to make poor people rich and, and bankrupt ourselves. No, of course not. They sat down and wrote those rules. So how do we never lose money and make money even off the poorest Americans? We talked about that in every yes. episode. We, we've <laughs> shown this to be true because what's the first thing a bank does when they know you're out of money? They charge you a fee. Right. <laughs> you overdraw your account. The first thing the bank does is not say, oh my gosh, we're so sorry that you're broke. We'll terminate your account. No, the first thing they do is send you a letter. You overdrew your account. You owe us $35. Okay. The rules are not in our favor. The rules are in the favor of big business and big banking, and they always mm-hmm. will be. That'll never change. I don't care if we overthrow the government. It'll still never change because even the richest and the poorest among us need to use the banks. There's no way around it. So that being said, the 401k is structured so that if you take your loan of 10,000, you're going to pay back 14,400 on average, and you're going to pay it back over three to five years. 
It's wonderful. You're paying yourself interest. You're not losing a ton of money, but you are losing about 5% interest on that 10,000 that's not there per year. And it's not the 10,000 because you still have more money. You're not allowed to drain your 401k and a loan to zero. So there's still say 20,000 in your 401k. Mm -hmm. You're not losing interest on 10. You're losing interest on what would have been a $30,000 balance that you don't have because you took the 10 out. Right. So the yeah, interest, the, it. yep, it's, um, it's complicated. And only someone who does this, like you or me or Kim or Isa, who was on, or, or Kiana, who's also a specialist at this, who was on two weeks ago, who did our budgeting. Mm -hmm. um, she's in Florida, so she's not in competition really in the Illinois market. But like I said, the, yep. robbing your future. You're robbing your future to the tune of approximately over that five-year period, $30,000. Mm -hmm. That's what you're losing by taking that loan. So is the situation so dire that you want to spend $30,000 of your future money to take care of it right this minute? Is it that dire? Like I said, there are circumstances where that may be the case. I'll give you an easy example. My mother-in-law, may she rest in peace, she did not have health insurance when she was diagnosed with multiple myeloma. Once diagnosed, getting health insurance, this is way before Obamacare, okay? Impossible. Nobody would insure her because she had multiple myeloma, which is a death sentence. There's no cure for it, okay? The medicine for multiple myeloma that is used is called thalidomide. A month's supply of thalidomide is $10,643 if you don't have insurance, this is life-saving medication for someone with multiple myeloma. So let's say you're in that situation. You're 45. You've been at the same place 20 years. You've built up 100,000 in your 401k. And this is more common than you'd think. A lot of people in the company I used to be, the company you, you say when I'm former corporate America, that company, I don't want to name yeah. names because I don't want an argument with them. But, but the fact of the matter is a lot of their employees have at least 100000 in their 401ks because mm -hmm. there's a company match and it goes up pretty quick. Right. In a case like that where you can't get it any other way, yeah, maybe borrowing the 10000 to make sure you have that one month supply of thalidomide, that might be feasible. It might be understandable, maybe. And again, it's a maybe. It's not even 100%. You should never borrow from your future to pay for now unless you absolutely have to, that there's no other way to go. If you visit Andre or you visit me or you visit Kim or Isa or Kiana or anyone in the USFA network or any of our friends, not just in our network, Andre's a friend. World Financial Group is a friend. They're competitors. There are two of them that compete in that particular space. There's only three companies that do what WFG does in America that are that expansive. There are smaller ones that are one or two man shows, but I'm talking about big companies, nationwide companies. See someone with experience at dealing with this type of thing, and they might be able to find you at least a dozen different choices of how mm -hmm. to take care of your right now problem without saying, well, when I turn 70, I'm just going to have to slip my wrist because there won't be any money left. It's not worth it. It really isn't. Uh, if you're lucky enough to have a 401k that lets you repay with no penalty as fast as you want, then it's a little bit better. Then maybe I would say, hey, how fast can you pay back the 10,000 you're taking out? And if it's within under a year, 
50-50 at best. 50-50 <laughs> at best because you're not robbing a lot. There you're losing maybe two, three thousand dollars, which in the scheme of things, like you said, at 90 years old, two, three thousand in a in a facility or or a community, so that Samantha doesn't call and yell at me after seeing this episode. But in a senior community, um, three thousand doesn't even get you a week, as we all know. It's very expensive. So then maybe. Maybe, depending on what the situation is. But I agree with Andre 100%. Don't rob your future to pay for your now. There are other ways to pay for your now. There's always another way. Yep. Heck, even at USFA, we can help you get approved for a personal loan. With low credit, almost no credit, we can still get you approved for small personal loans. And there's always family members you don't think of. There's always friends that you would you'd think you can't ask, where depending on how you ask, it might not damage the friendship and how you ask is kind of important. So, you know, there are ways to get financing that th there's creative financing out there for everyone. That's how yeah. Shark Tank came into being because there's creative financing out there for everyone. Yeah. So before you do that, let us put you in touch with Andre. Yeah, with Andre or even with Stephen Clava, one of our guests from a few weeks ago. We'll get you some crowdfunding and say give us a outside. give us a call. I mean, <laughs> we'll put you, you on know, the right path. We, we we all have these these weapons in our arsenal. And yes. Andre knows what I mean. We have these weapons. We have an entire it, it we didn't learn this overnight. Kim didn't learn this overnight. I didn't learn finances overnight. Andre didn't learn them overnight. If you ever get to see his resume. It is an incredible resume. Uh, the man worked for one of the biggest investment firms in America at the time uh, that he worked there. Now they've combined into a bigger conglomerate than they were then. But, but he has an incredible resume in finance. And it's over years of doing different types of financial structuring that he got to where he is now. Me, I didn't. I, I wasn't born and wearing a USFA diaper. That's not how it works. You know, I mean, I got to the point of co-owning USFA and owning financial rescuers because I spent many, many years in corporate America and in private industry and in business for myself, learning all the ins and outs of finance. Cruise Credit Consulting is not built because Kim said, well, you know, I did my family budget for 20 years, so I just want to <laughs> tell other people how I did it. No. No, Kim worked in corporate America for a long time and learned an awful lot about the financial pitfalls that come with investing and, and come with, with you know, all the other financial intricacies. We don't do this because it was a snap judgment. We, we do this channel and we have this show and we have incredible guests like Andre for a reason. More than half of America doesn't understand how finance works. And my mission in life is to get to those people. I want a McDonald's worker to understand finances the same way that Elon Musk does, the same way that Warren Buffett does. See, Warren Buffett could lose $300 million tomorrow and it wouldn't phase him. It and it's not, because it's, it's not because it's a small amount of money in comparison to his wealth. That's not the reason. The reason is because he already knows how in six months he'll get it all back. Mm-hmm. Same with Elon Musk. When his SpaceX things explode, it's not the end of his life. He's back to the drawing board. That's all it is. And that could be the same for the McDonald's worker if they understand how to work their finances properly. When you're, you wreck your car and insurance says, no, we're not covering it, that shouldn't be the end of your financial life. 
There are ways to prevent that from being the end of your financial life. Insurance is one of those ways, but there are lots of other ways to make sure that if you understand how finances work, you're never in that kind of bind. And like I said, I created this channel with you, Kim, because our goal is to talk to the 50% of America that doesn't understand how their finances work. All they know is I get my paycheck, I pay my bills. That's not yep. finances, that's economics. And I've gone over this a hundred yep. times. Finances yep. and economics are different. They're not the same thing. Look at Andre smile because he knows exactly what I'm saying right now. Economics, big picture, finances, little dot inside of big picture. If you understand big picture, little dot becomes very meaningless. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it becomes very simple. Yep. If you know how the cogs turn and where they turn, who cares about where the belt, uh, where the words on the, on the belt that the cogs are pulling, who cares? The words are unimportant. They really don't do anything for anyone. Understand the economics behind it all and your finances become simple. And if you want to understand the economics behind it all, call Andre, mm -hmm. call me, call Kim, have a 20 minute free consultation with any of us. We all do that. I know Andre does it. I know that for a fact. He probably gives more time where he doesn't get paid than time where he does. That's the yeah. same with all independent. <laughs> it's the I same with all. Question. I'm like, all right, what do you need? <laughs> yep. Yep. And those calls come in at the weirdest times too. Like uh, Sundays at three 30 in the afternoon where you yeah, think the they're just calling to answer a question you ask them and they call with a whole bunch of new questions. Yeah. What about this? What about that? I'm like, well, like, Circumstances that, you know, and they come up with the weirdest things because they think of these questions right before falling asleep at right. night. So right. you get these questions that are off the wall, which is like, right. what if I'm out of the house and the cat accidentally turns the stove on and burns the house down? Yeah, well, you know, that <laughs> happened once in 1943 in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I, I, but sometimes I get some stuff. I'm like, I'm like, I don't know. Talk to talk to the mortgage person on that one. I'm like, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't answer that one. Now, for those who don't I mean, know, for those who don't know, right before we start these shows, and um, I'm just going to point to this. Right before we start, we always get to know our guest a little bit better in person than we already did. And I, I told Andre before we started that when we got to the end of the show, there'd be something we can all laugh about. Did I not? And now I'm proving it to be true because the discussion <laughs> just always leads to this type of moment. And it's a lot of fun, but it's really important that people understand what I'm trying to tell them. I'm not selling a product or service right now. I, we are I'm, free resources of tips, tricks, and resources. If you need a product or service that one of us offers, yes, that may cost you. But that's only if you feel you need it after getting all the information. Information is why we're here. We're here to help you understand the situation that you're in. Everyone who emails these hundreds of questions that we're getting, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Please send us even more. I don't care if I have to read 30,000 emails a week. I'm good with that because the questions we're getting are really good questions, and we're tailoring our guests to meet the questions we're getting. Yeah. Uh, we have a couple of attorneys coming up in the next few weeks because people have had a lot of legal questions about their finances. And so I have a former district attorney in Kansas who's going to be coming on our show. I have a bankruptcy attorney in Philadelphia who's going to come on our show. Um, 
we we have incredible guests. We have that head of um, what, what's her name again? Oh my gosh, Kim, you just booked her. Um, oh, well, anyway, to talk yeah. oh to talk about the uh, tax loopholes of owning your own biz, home based business. Yep, for those have, of us in MLMs who are yeah. independent contractors, or even home based business, she's right, talk or even home based businesses, or, or you know, you, you learned how to make candles in your oven and and little trinkets and and how to avoid the huge taxes that can come with a home-based yes. business. Um, you know, we, we, we are answering your questions with our guests, with who we invite on, because we don't want you to think it's just Kim and I telling you this. Andre's an expert. Yep. World Financial yep. Group is one of the largest providers of multi-financial products that you can go to. Yep. And to have an agent who's been with them as long as Andre has, his reputation's really good. The company's reputation is really good. Feel free to look it up. Like every other company on earth, yeah. Have they been have they been fined for something? Yeah, and so is your local restaurant because you can't control everything. But they're all superfluous. There's never been a major problem with World Financial Group. They're A-rated at the Better Business Bureau. Um, their competitors are pretty much A-rated too because they have to be or they'll be out of business. We know what we're talking about. We want you to call us, not so we can sell you anything, but so that we can help you understand what it is you really are looking for. Because in finance, what you think you're looking for is most likely not what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. Andre, exactly. would you agree with that statement? Yeah. Yeah. They think they know what they're looking for. In reality, it's, it's not. I just kind of said this to somebody, something similar what you just said uh, today to somebody. And... I was explaining it. People want what's sexy. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. Robinhood app. I know we keep going at it. Is sexy. <laughs> Ameritrade. Okay, E-Trade. It's sexy. The Schwab account. It's sexy. Bitcoin. It's sexy. People want what's sexy. Okay. And I was explaining it in a way where when you when you walk into a home and the first thing you see is the lavish open concept like i'm a big massive kitchen the, the chef uh refrigerator the nice island right in the middle nice island and everything so the massive hardwood flooring that goes through the entire house so all these great things again it's sexy but there's a problem in the foundation of the house. The foundation needs, there's some money that needs to go in the foundation of the house in order for everything else to work. And for a lot don't, of people- Don't forget like, the termites under the garage. They're like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to, I don't, no, I don't, I don't want to pay. Can I, can I put, me put the money into the shower? You know, a big, big open concept shower. With, with a golden triple, shower head and a triple vanity. Yeah, you know, see, again, it's not sexy to work on the foundation, the, the base plan of the home. What's sexy is the open concept of the kitchen, the bathroom, all that stuff. So mm -hmm. take the that patio into outside the, finance the master world. bedroom, the master bedroom. <laughs> so take that into finance. What's not sexy? I got to do a budget. Yep. <laughs> What's not sexy? Well, I got to put money in savings. What's not sexy? I got to pay off debt. 
those things aren't sexy. They're, they're, they're not sexy, but you know what? It's finance 101. To everybody listening to the sound of my voice right now, finance 101. Get your money right by getting your budget right. <laughs> Don't get your I money right it. by going to a Robinhood app. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I mean, I'm not against it. It's a great way to learn, but sure. that, that's not money 101, folks. No. Okay? You get are your money right on. by doing a budget, debt, your expenses, get your protections, get your protection squared away, get your uh, wills and trusts, get that squared away. That's finance 101. That's the not sexy part. Right. I did this. I, I did this for debt because that's the number yeah. one problem you run into, I believe. And what you do is is people trying to get their debt paid off so that they can invest in insurance and other things that they need. It, it, it makes everything that much easier because you've got more discretionary things you can play with. But guess right. what? If you don't get if you don't get the basis covered, you can't do everything else. If you don't get the floor foundation of a home, you can't get the roof. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I concept. love that analogy. Yep. It's oh, that was amazing. Concept. And I plan to highlight that section of what you just said. It's the, it's the same concept to your finances. So folks, you out there want to talk about the Bitcoins and all, you know, all that stuff. No. Can I tell if everyone a secret about right. Bitcoin? No, <laughs> I'm going to tell everyone a big secret they don't know about Bitcoin and all the other cryptocurrencies. Tomorrow morning, when you wake up, they could all be gone and you have zero legal recourse to ever recover the money that you had invested in them. Sexy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lots of things. Serial killers tend to be sexy. That's how they catch all their prey. My protection needs life insurance. I don't want to do that. But guess what? It's part of the basics of getting your money back. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what you offer. You offer financial 101. And you can bet that I have some clients that are going to be headed your way so that they can get their game plan in order. So yeah. you are offering. You don't, you don't go straight to college, straight to senior, and say, "Give me the diploma." I mean, I mean, no. There's some steps in this deal, okay? You know, and it's not that difficult at all. You just got, you know, just make a decision. You know, you eat like an elephant, you eat it one bite at a time. You know, so just little bit by little. Next thing you know, if you play your cards right, you can have a chunk of change. You can have a lot of money saved. And now it makes it a little easier to go into things like, you know, like the Ameritrade and all these other places, you know, and if you lost a grand or two, you would probably be okay. Why? Because you took care of business when you initially got started. Right. Not initially starting with all this stuff and all of a sudden you lost a couple of grand and now you're getting ready. Now you're mad about it Mm -hmm. because your money wasn't right in the beginning. Okay, you got to sit down, you got to take a look at your cash, what's coming in, what's coming out, look at my debt, look at my emergency funds, look at my protection, look at my wealth strategy, look at my preserving wealth with wills and trusts. Let me pull all this stuff together so I can get some sort of financial balance in my life. And guess what? It's not difficult. Now, here's the deal. There are some companies out there that charge you for that. I'm being real. There are some companies out there that will charge you to go through that. We call it our six-step process. Mm-hmm. Okay. And there's some companies like us, we don't charge you to take a look at where you want to go and where you are now. We help you chart a course. But I most importantly, it. it comes down to what's important to you. What's your future looking like? How much can you set aside monthly to make this happen? 
etc. What are you willing to set aside? What are you willing to sacrifice to get to here? Right. How important is that to you? And see, what are you willing to do? All that stuff. We see that's how you get to financial independence. Bingo. Mm-hmm. That's see, how that's you it. get there. Andre is what we call a financial cartographer. For those that don't know what cartography there. is, it is the art of map drawing. You got yeah, you got to draw, you got to draw a map, son. <laughs> <laughs> and you're going to help it, it, draw that map. You are the perfect person. Oh, I love I your passion. Love that. It doesn't I have do. to be like my like my football coach used to say, it don't have to be a science project. Okay. Now, talking about not sexy, here comes the not sexy part of this because I just got the wink, nod and fist thrown at me. Nothing in today's episode is considered legal advice. We are not lawyers. As far as I know, Andre's not a lawyer. I'm not a lawyer. Kim's not a lawyer. Last I checked, I wasn't. Yeah, me (laughs) neither, unfortunately. Uh, In addition to that, the opinions expressed, I have to read this one, the opinions expressed by any one of the three of us are our personal opinions. They are not considered financial advice. Financial advice is given in a one-on-one setting, not in an open forum show. And for that reason, the things I said about cryptocurrencies, those are my opinions and mine alone, not those of the show itself. Correct. And they are my opinions. They are not proven facts. With that said, the non-sexy part of the show is over (laughs) and we can get back to to dancing. (laughs) So, Andre, thank you so much for being here. Um, Oh, it was an absolute pleasure to have you with us today. You've given us a wealth of information. Andre's information is going to be at the end of our show. So make sure you jot it down and you can contact him. He is more than willing to speak with you. He has helped dozens and dozens and dozens of people um, get on a better financial uh, path. You always know you can contact me at the website above and I will put you in touch with either Andre or Adam or any host of my other resources. I have an offer. I just put yes. this in the, in the I'll chat. I'll give a free consultation to the first 350 million Americans who call me. <laughs> free consultation because we are free resources <laughs> to help our clients do what? But only the first, better yep, only the first 350 million who call me. Um, as far as questions, we want more. We want yes. more. We want, I'm still hungry. I want more questions. Send those to questions at cruising c-r-u-z-i-n into a better financial future.com that will also be in the description box somewhere below our video um the you know the l's when they put this all together for us tonight they'll make sure it's in there i'll make sure to tell them to put it in there um and our phone numbers our contact information email address websites will all be in that info spot i am going to now give a moment of silence and let Andre, sum up anything that he didn't get to say that he wanted to say today. Um, I really am in 100% agreement with almost 110% of what you said so far today. Um, And you have an open invite. And just email me if you'd like to be a part of that special when we discuss universal basic income. Because I think it would be right up your alley. It'll be about an hour show, give or take. Everyone's going to have five minutes to speak about their opinions on universal basic income and whether they think it's good or bad and why. I'll just kind of just end off with this. Um, you know, there's something here that we talked about. You want a little bit more deeper explanation? Uh, I'll put my info in the chat. People can give me a call or whatnot, and um, we can talk about that. But I'll just uh, kind of end with this. Look, um, 
you only got one bite at the apple on this earth. We don't know what's on the other side. So if that's the case, get serious and get your financial house in order. It doesn't have to be very difficult. It's actually pretty simple. One, you got to make a decision. Then you got to chart a course. But chart a course with somebody that you trust and somebody you know. It doesn't have to be with me. It can be with somebody in your area. Uh, but get with somebody that really knows where you want to go and have them help you chart a course. And when they do chart you a course, you know, be serious about it and follow them. Because at the end of the day, it's what you want. I could not agree with you more. Yes. Could not agree with you more. And, and Wonderful way to end. We truly appreciate your being with us today and taking the time out. We know how busy you are. Um, it's just amazing to have someone who knows, you know, the ins and outs of finance that I can banter back and forth with like this. It was a lot of fun. Um, and we hope that you'll come back again a few months from now and let us know, you know, how things are going as the pandemic ends, how business is expanding, because I believe that coming out the other side of this, people are going to see the non-sexy part of this as much more important than they used to. People are learning now why you save in a savings account. And why you have an investment account. It's for something like this happening. It happened during World War II where there were lockdowns in America. It happened in 1918, which was right around the end of World War I. It's happened in the 1800s where people were, were basically under a, a form of martial law and couldn't leave their houses a couple of different times during the Civil War. This happens every so often. It's cyclical. It will happen again. That's a guarantee. It's not a threat. Something will come along that will force us to all not do what we usually do for a period of time. It may be short. It may be long. This one was long. This is the reason you do the non-sexy stuff and yeah. you have that foundation in place and you get your financial house in order. And if necessary, like you would with your own real house, if you need help, you call a cleaning service. Mm -hmm. Well, if you need help with your finances, you call a financial service. You call Cruise Credit Consulting. You call Andre Baraka. You call Adam Strum or Isa Israel or, or Kiana Scott or Stephen Clava or Tony Palella or any of the guests we've had, all of them. Give their time openly. We won't have a guest who isn't willing to give some time to someone with questions. I won't have a guest who wants to charge for a simple consultation on my show. It doesn't work that way. Exactly. Yep. So, so with, with that, that. <laughs> this is why Kim and I are partners, because we think alike. <laughs> um, I was going to simply say, I will see you next time as we go. Cruising into a better financial future. Thanks, everyone. See you next week. There you go. Have a great week, everybody. And again, Andre, thank you. Not a problem. Nice seeing you guys. Be Likewise. blessed. cruising into a better financial future don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss a future episode we'll see you next time bye <laughs>